Hey there, I'm Graham, and you're listening to the Sales Nerds Live podcast. You know, a couple of years ago, the, the buzzword at the time was like personalization at scale. And, and that's part of everything that salespeople are doing, but it's not necessarily the full formula um, because personal, personalization at scale is going to get maybe somebody's attention, but it's really relevancy at scale that's going to get the responses. So if you can combine those two, you're going to be in a much better place. On today's episode of Sales Nerds Live, host Graham Collins interviews Jimmy Kamadeka, the co-founder of the SDR newsletter. Today, the two discuss the most impactful SDR inbound and outbound tactics heading into 2023. Let's dive in. Sales Nerds Live is brought to you by your friends at Quotapath. Quotapath removes the manual lift out of sales commissions by automating the compensation process. We calculate and track your team's commissions, prepare them for payouts, and even give your reps the ability to forecast attainment and future earnings. We're the only solution loved by reps, leadership, and finance. Come nerd out with us on Sales Nerds Live. Okie dokie. I believe that we are live. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's episode of Sales Nerds Live. Um, I'm Graham Collins, Quotapath's Chief of Staff and Resident Sales Nerd. In a previous life, I ran about a 45-person SDR team at a SaaS company, so SDRs are near and dear to my heart. Uh, and with me today is Jimmy Kamadeka. Uh, he's the co-founder of the SDR Newsletter, and we'll be discussing what the most impactful SDR inbound and outbound tactics are heading into 2023, and uh, some bonus things as well. Uh, welcome to the show, Jimmy. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, happy to have you. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and about the SDR newsletter. Yeah, so I began my career, like many other people, as an SDR. Um, and then I've worked I've worked my way up a little bit, be it I was an SDR manager. I've been an AE, mostly within the tech space, specifically the uh, MarTech space. Um, and then from there, I started writing about what was working, what wasn't working, that type of stuff as it relates to the SDR role. Um, and that's how the SDR newsletter newsletter got started. So, um, I love to share tactics, tips, tools, anything related to help, uh, other SDRs be successful. That's great. And we'll do, we'll do more formal plugs at the end, but how do folks find the SDR newsletter? Yeah, you can find it at, uh, the SDR newsletter.com. Great. So once a week email. Yeah. Super easy. I know it. I, uh, it comes out on Tuesdays, right? That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so this week's I, uh, I've been a subscriber for a while now. So I'm really happy to have you on the line. Um, well, so let's talk a little bit about how you got your start as as an SDR. How did that happen? What what brought you to the world of SDR? Yeah, well, so coming out of college, I was a little bit of a unsure exactly what I wanted to do in life. And then sure. um, a, somebody, a connection of mine was like, well, you know, you might want to look into sales. And then as, the more I started looking into it, the more appealing uh, tech sales specifically um, started to look. So um, I essentially outbounded to get my first SDR role. So I was messaging hiring managers uh, left and right on LinkedIn. And then, um, you know, I started to get a couple of responses back, have a couple more conversations. Um, and then from there, I uh, got my first role. So I was being an SDR before I was actually an SDR. So that's how, yeah. that's how I got into it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, is that something you recommend to to people looking for SDR gigs to to send outbound hiring managers? I yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great uh, a great way to stand out. Like when I was an SDR manager, the people who reached out to me, uh, particularly those that called me, always stood out. Um, sometimes you kind of have to be an SDR to get an SDR role. Uh, so those are the people that that always stand out. But if you're sending like generic messages, just like copy pasted templates to SDR managers, you're not, you're probably not going to get very far. 
Um, but like I said, if you're sending quality messaging to hiring managers, you're going to stand out a little bit. Now it's not a guaranteed job just by doing that too, but, sure. um, you know, you got to stand out somehow and that's a great way to do it. Okay, great. So you got your first SDR gig. What made you successful in that? Well, I guess, were you successful in, in initially? Um, and, and what made you such? Yeah. So when I first started, I was terrible. Uh, I <laughs> I, it feels like everybody is always that way. It feels like nobody's great at it right off the bat. Right. I look back at some of the messaging and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I can only imagine what the call. I'm so glad I don't have any of the calls recorded or the call recording still, because that would just be so bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I was making a lot of the mistakes that a lot of new SDRs make. You think it's just a, uh, you know, copy paste volume game. Um, and that's, you know, not really the case. Um, I was very formal. I thought I needed to be this professional uh, person and present myself with all of the marketing buzzwords and jargon. And it it doesn't resonate with a lot of the prospects out there because, I mean, they're getting hit at from every different direction. So um, it took me a little while to get past that point. Uh, but as I started connecting with other SDRs, reading up on what was working for other people um, and just asking for help, I started to actually figure out what works a little bit better um and sort of i was just copying what other people were doing that was work I, that was working so uh that's kind of what that turning point was was i just started to realize like hey like i don't have to reinvent the wheel like these other people are having success let me just do what they do and yeah. that's kind of where it started to turn a little bit and so where did you i mean in addition to to looking at people internally where did you go for advice on sdr work yeah. Well, so I started messaging people on LinkedIn, um, people that I didn't know. Uh, what you'll find is there's a uh, sort of community within SDRs, like everybody's in the struggle together that a lot of people are willing to help if you just ask. Uh, but that's the thing is like people just don't ask off so many times. Um, so, you know, there's a number of communities nowadays uh, of salespeople, but, you know, a couple of years ago, those things weren't really available, but um you can still do this today. Just message people, just ask like, yeah, some people might not respond. Some people might blow you off a little bit, but like, that's okay. That happens. You don't need everybody to respond. You just need a couple of people to respond and yeah. share those tactics or share what's working. So, uh, I, I encourage, yeah, if, if people are struggling, reach out to other people, reach out to people you don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's great. Uh, well, so yeah. You've been in the SDR space for a while now. What are some of the major changes that you've seen over the past several years? Yeah. Well, I think it's no secret that uh, connection rates are a little bit uh, lower than what they used to be. So a lot of the changes- I don't know if they're a little bit lower. Yeah. I think they're quite a bit lower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, a lot lower. So yeah, yeah um, that's one of the major changes. And then there's a lot of- um, optimizations going on to account for that. So you'll see a lot of like these power dialers where they can dial a bunch of people at once. You can look at services like, like phone ready leads that identify those people who are more likely to pick up the phones. Um, so it's a lot more targeted approaches uh, that I'm seeing rather than what it was a couple of years ago. You know, a couple of years ago, the, the buzzword at the time was like personalization at scale. Um, and, and that's part of everything that salespeople are doing, but it's not necessarily the full formula um, because personal personalization at scale is going to get maybe somebody's attention, but it's really relevancy at scale. That's going to get the responses. So if you can combine those two, you're going to be in a much better place. Um, so those are kind of the things that like a couple of years ago, people were really just focusing on one aspect of it. it was like, Hey, saw you went to this college, go Bobcats. And yeah. It's just not the case anymore. You can't really do that. You have to be hyper 
relevant. Um, you have to understand what these prospects actually are struggling with, what they're not struggling with too. Um, so it, it's a much more targeted approach nowadays. So optimizing at every level of the process, whether that be uh, you know, phone calls and then optimizing for the open rates, op- optimizing for reply rates, all that type of stuff. Yeah. As, so a real world example of that that we've found is that Quota path, we do commission tracking, commission calculating. Well, there are a few times of the, the month where that is super relevant to yep. various different people. So exactly. the sales leaders, that's incredibly relevant at the end of the month when their reps are forecasting their deals and seeing how much they're going to earn off of it. So we hit that really hard. And then at the beginning of the month, it's the finance and RevOps people who are calculating their commissions. And it's a, a pain in the neck to do it on yeah. Excel or or whatever. And so we target them with the like, Hey, how miserable are you right now calculating your commissions? <laughs> so I think it's, yeah. it's timely and relevant and going to their pain uh, at the appropriate times and in the appropriate ways. Yeah, exactly. But you also have to track that type of stuff. So like, you're never going to be able to identify those types of problems if you're not keeping track it. So there's a lot of uh, organization that has to, to be taken into account when you're doing these outbound campaigns. So tracking those little details are so important. Um, and many people just aren't doing it, but um, you know, that's going to make or break a lot of these teams in the next, the next couple of months, considering the economic downturn. So. Yeah, for sure. I did a, a one of the sales nerds lives with a former colleague of mine, Lily Yoon, who took over my job after I left my previous company. She ran that department. Um, I joke that she took my job, but I trained her and, and, and prepared her for it. Um, and she and I were talking about metrics that that she pays attention to. And and there are, yeah, open rate is important, but response rate is yep. probably more important. And positive response rate is even more That's important. It. And exactly. so paying attention to those, each of those metrics is great, um, but you have to look at, at them each holistically and, and they yeah. each determine something else for you. So exactly. um, that's awesome. Well, so yeah. speaking of, of cadences and, and messaging and outreach, I think I'm in like 20 or 25 <laughs> different cadences right now. Um, different SDRs, different companies. I don't think that because my title is chief of staff, I think a lot of people don't really know what I do. And so I get like finance and sales and marketing and all kinds of different things, but they all sound pretty similar. So what is your recommendation when it comes to standing out? Well, first of all, it's going to be the targeting. So like you need to know your ICP in and out. So who are your customers? What is the actual problem that you solve? And I know that sounds like very generic and very just theoretical, but ever since I've changed my title to co-founder, I understand what these people are going, what decision makers are going through now. It's just a nonstop barrage of like, automated emails and none of it has anything to do with me or what I would do. So you don't have to do a lot at least to be, to understand who your buyer is. So that's so, so important. So, and then on part of that too, is going to be understanding what their particular problems are. Now, a good way to do this is to just go into your CRM and look at the closed one opportunities and read back at the messaging. Like what were the AEs talking about with the decision makers when they were moving forward during that process. And you can use a lot of that language in your outreach. And that's going to make you stand out because you're going to actually know what you're talking about. Uh, and it's going to be that relevancy, again, is, is so important. So um, personalization gets the attention. Relevancy is what gets the responses. Um, and just an easy way to do that is go back through your CRM and look. Um, you don't need to do all of this wild, wildly creative stuff. Like sometimes that can help, sure. Um, 
but keeping things as relevant as possible and make sure that you're targeting the right people hundred percent of the time. Yeah. No, I, I, when it comes to targeting the right people, that's always a challenge. It seems like, because data is only as good as the, or, or, you know, your, your knowledge is only as good as the data that you have. And so I have found a lot of times people do this outbounding to me and then they don't, you know, I don't, I don't respond because it's not relevant to me. And then they hit me with a like, is there anybody else internally that would be better to, to reach out to? And I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. do your job for you. Do you right. have any, any recommendations or any ideas for folks where it's like, instead of a last ditch, like, is there anybody else internally? Do you have any ideas around that? Well, anytime you can get more specific is better. Um, So if you come ready with something, say you call somebody and they're like, oh, I'm not the right person for this. If you have one or two names ready, uh, it it helps drastically. So let's say uh, I'm calling you Graham and I'm like, hey, like, here's my solution, whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm not really the person for that. Now, if I if, if I just ask like, oh, who who's a better person to reach out to? Like that's putting the work on you. But if I said something like, oh, is that, is this bet more suited towards Bob or maybe Lisa? It's a lot less work. You could be like, okay, it's either one or those two people. And if it's neither of them, now you've eliminated those and you've got even less people to work with and you can target better. Yeah. Um, so coming prepared is always something that's going to be helpful. And, you know, you can do that with, with emails as well, but I think it's just much more easier over the phone um, yeah. in collecting more information. Yeah. Are you a, are you a cold call guy? Are you, are you pro cold calls? I I'm pro every channel really. Yeah. Okay. So cold calls, cold emails, LinkedIn outreach, joining the communities of your prospects, wherever that may be. I, I really think you got to attack every channel because every pe- everybody responds differently. Like you might not ever answer a cold call, but I do. Um, I might never respond to emails. You might respond to emails. So like, you're not gonna be able to know that if you don't do all of them. So I'm such a huge fan of omni-channel approaches. So use every channel available to you. Yeah. Um, are there any channels that you would never do? Well, I've been seeing a lot of this on, on LinkedIn lately about cold texting. Yeah. Um, no, I would not do that. I, I, I don't recommend that either. Um, That's what I was getting at. I've seen oh, yeah. <laughs> the craziest ones that I've seen are uh, cold FaceTimes. Which oh, is, I remember that. Yeah. What? No. And cold voice messages on like via text. Um, oh, I've not seen that one yet. You know, I've, I've gotten a couple of those where it's like, <laughs> It's like dropping a voicemail, you know, except in message format. Yeah, I'm not into that. Well, yeah, I mean, I imagine that those types of things are like for salespeople. Like if you sell to salespeople, maybe that stuff will stand out a little bit just because it's so different and so bold. But like, I would not recommend cold, cold texting anybody. Um, I'm pretty sure it's illegal too, but I don't know that. I don't know that for sure. So, okay. uh, All right. Well, that kind of, I mean, it kind of leads into my next question, which is what isn't working right now? What is, what are, what are people doing that you're like, wow, why is everybody continuing to do this when it comes to SDRs? Well, yeah, I think it goes back to the volume approach. Um, it, the spray and pray, the, the like send yeah, 500 emails a day approach. Exactly. Yes. Particularly that um, because like these spam inboxes are getting so sophisticated, the more and more that you send, the more it's making everybody's lives harder. Uh, because these are pretty sophisticated systems that are, work to identify what is a sales message. Um, and people, and they can identify it pretty well. So obviously like the spray and pray methods are 
on their way out. That's like not new. Um, but what I've been seeing a lot is on the cold call front too, kind of a similar situation where you're just calling a hundred people, but you might only have a couple of conversations. That's where these other tools are starting to to change the game a little bit, um, where these these power dialers and services that identify who's going to pick up the phone. So it's starting to become more of a uh, optimization of the cold calling approach. Um, but it's just a smart cold calling essentially is what it is. Yeah. And do, so do you think that's working or not working? Is that a, is that a, yeah. a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Well, working, yes, uh, it is working because you're having more conversations and ultimately more conversations are going to lead to more opportunities, which are going to lead to more demos. So uh, they are working now. Long term, is it sustainable? You know, jury's still out. It, it's hard. To, it's hard to know. Um, but for the immediate future right now, yeah, it's working. So uh, I've been having a lot of conversations with other SDRs that are using these types of tools and having a ton of success. Um, yeah. So definitely working right now. Okay. Okay. Um, direct mail. What's your take on direct mail? So I've, is, is yeah. direct mail is 2023 the year of direct mail is my question. I, I don't know. Cause I've never actually tested this out myself. What I do know is if you can have a personalized message, that's also relevant in direct mail, I imagine that's going to, you're going to stand out far beyond anybody else. Um, now the logistics of that, is it scalable? I don't know. That's another question. More complicated but, with, with yeah. work from home and with, with right. uh, post COVID for sure. It, yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan. If you can do it in a, in a, a way that's very relevant and it's not just a piece of junk mail that somebody's going to throw out. Um, but the, but the whole idea of it fascinates me. So yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm optimistic on that channel. Um, okay. but again, though, like long-term, you know, it's tough to know, is that, is that scalable? Is that sustainable? That type of stuff. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I always talk about the, um, the top brake light on cars and they're yeah. like, what Graham, what do you mean? So you know how brake lights, <laughs> there are two brake lights on the side and then there's a brake light bar at the top on cars on the back of it. Yeah. And that's a relatively new invention. It's from the, I think the 1970s, maybe the early 1980s. And they discovered that if you add that top bar in car, uh, in cars, they, accidents drop precipitously. So they go from like, you know, one every million miles to 0.1 every million miles. You know, I'm just making numbers up here, but like by adding that, because it's like, oh, there's another indication of a break that, that somebody ahead of me is breaking. However, what they noticed is that that change decays over the course, it decayed over the course of like three years. Um, oh. And so, because and it went back to regular levels because everybody got used to it. And yeah. um, they, they're like, okay, you know, now it's, it used to stand out. It doesn't stand out anymore. And yeah. so they're, you know, now they're trying different things with braking, like um, making flashing braking lights or brake lights that get brighter as the harder you press the brakes or whatever. And they're like, oh, look at all these incredible advances in braking technology. It reduces accidents. But what they're probably missing is that in three years when everybody's used to it, it yeah. won't reduce it as much. And the same goes right. for now tie it back to SDRs. Yeah. It's, it, the same goes to, to SDRs. It's like, yeah, the, the personalization at scale, that was a big thing a few years ago where I could pull what college you went to from your LinkedIn or where you're located and automatically mm -hmm. talk about that in there. The issue is that at scale or, or after a while, now I see those and I roll my eyes because I'm like, yeah, it's using the same tool that everybody's right. Using. So yeah, exactly. That's an interesting so, point. So. so what else? What else is working right now for you? 
Yeah. So an interesting one that I am a huge proponent of is reverse your prospecting. Um, so in most cases, what people are doing or what many sales development teams are doing is they'll get a giant list from Zoom Info and be like, great, these are our ICP, go after them. Um, and that's fine. That's great. That's you know how many teams operate. But uh, one of the things that I found a lot of success with personally um, is reversing that. So finding a reason to reach out to somebody and then building that list. So for example, here, if I could just give an example of, yeah, yeah. Uh, I found a while ago, there was a very popular LinkedIn post about um, rising PPC costs. So pay-per-click costs yeah. um, in advertising. And then I went and looked at everybody who was liking that post, which was like hundreds of people because it was like a very viral post. And then I found a lot of people within that that matched my ICP. Hmm. And then I built a list from that and be like, hey, like, I saw you like, you know, this person's post regarding uh, rising PPC and the challenges associated with that. Um, and then I could build a personalized and relevant message pretty quickly from that. Um, the only thing I caution people with is, is like, if you're just going to go and collect a list from somebody who liked a post, like there has to be that transition piece that, that relates back to exactly why you are reaching out with your specific solution. It can't just be like, Hey, like, saw you like this person's post. Here's my product. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it has to be a smooth transition there. So, uh, um, but that, that's a good way to do it. And it doesn't have to be like LinkedIn to like another, uh, um, a way that I've gone about this too, is I joined a public Slack group. So, you know, Slack has public groups that anybody can join. Right. Um, and when I was selling back to, to more like marketing people, there was uh, one particular uh, public Slack channel that had like 20,000 people in it. Wow. Um, and then every now and then I would just be patient, contribute, share, like give more than you ask. And then when somebody mentioned something that's relevant to what I was offering, I could DM them. And so again, it goes back to that, that approach of finding a reason to reach out to somebody and then building the list rather than getting the list and then trying to find some type of reason as to why you're reaching out. Um, so that's been a good approach. I've seen a lot working. So it's, it's whereas personalization at scale was the the buzz term a few years ago, this is yeah. like relevance at scale or, or, or yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Coin the term, Jimmy, coin the term here. Yeah, what, what I guess I, I don't know. I would say, I would call it relevancy at scale. Um, yeah. but it has to be, uh, it has to be done right and done well because you can't, Again, like we said before, like you can't just be like, hey, saw you like this person's post, buy my product. That's not relevant. Like that's yeah. not how that works. So you have to be able to find something that's uh, meaningful to them. And uh, they it, that mentions that they have a specific problem or something like that and then yeah. reach out to them. Um, so yeah, it, it's a tough, it's a tough uh, type of system to um, have high volume with, but of those outreaches that you do, they're going to have much higher conversion rates. That's great. I, uh, at my last company, we, we sold public relations software, media monitoring. So tracking what's being said about different brands in the media. Yeah. Um, so similar to, to Mar MarTech, but PR tech. Um, and we had a, because we used our tool for our customers and we also could use it for our prospects. What we did was we had it set up to send us alerts anytime somebody had a spike in press coverage, mm. um, any one of our yep. Salesforce accounts. And so it was this really cool automated tool where then we would distribute those accounts, BDRs would then reach out to those um, accounts when they had a, a spike in press coverage. Now, the good 
SDRs would read the press coverage, yeah. <laughs> write an article or write a, a cold outreach related to that. You know, hey, I saw that you launched a new product or you closed a round of funding or whatever. It also bit some people uh, because there was one where it was like the uh, founder of the company had died and it was like, oh. they reached out and they were like, hey, saw you had a big spike in press coverage. Want to see what it's about? And they're like, we know what it's about. And so yeah. it's another one of those, you can fall victim of like uh, trying to be relevant without, yeah. but, but doing it in scale without like any human element to it. I mean, really that's what it comes right. down to as well as like, eventually AI can write our cold emails for us, but we want to make sure that, uh, that, that there's a human element to it. hundred percent. Yeah. It's always, yeah. Got to have that human element and the common sense behind it too, of being like, okay, does this make sense? Like, is, is the reason I'm reaching out relevant? Is it, am I reading the room yeah. <laughs> in the right way? Exactly. So, yeah. Um, well, so speaking of which, you know, I, I mentioned AI and yeah. I, I just got access to like a, an a, another AI text generator tool, which are crazy. Um, where do you see the SDR role evolving into next? Yeah. Well, so I, I see a lot of these sales intelligence tools helping with that process. So there's going to be much more efficient SDRs um, that are going to be able to target the right people at exactly the right time with the right message. Um, so there's going to be a lot more tech infused in the, in the SDR role. Um, but again, those SDRs are going to be much more efficient. Um, so it's, it's, the SDRs are going to have kind of two different sides to it. I imagine is going to be more of like a brand marketing type type of position um, where they're going to be the voice of whatever brand that may be, but then they're going to be able to uh, follow up with those people um, who are starting to make those movements towards making a decision or changing something. Um, so there's going to be a lot more intelligence in the space. Um, and I don't see much of uh, the cold blind outreach continuing for, you know, uh, I don't know exactly how long, but, sure. um, I imagine there's just going to be much more, um, intelligence in the space. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's great. I, I agree. And, and cyclical technology is cyclical as well. We were right. talking about, uh, about direct mail, <laughs> yeah. had a lot of conversations about billboards recently. Who knows? Oh. Maybe uh, maybe three years from now, you and I are going to be sitting down talking about how the hottest new thing is spray and pray email outreach and, <laughs> and blasting cold calls. Who knows? Maybe maybe it would we'll be wild. Okay. That would be wild. It would. It would. Um, awesome. Well, so uh, I always like to ask folks the same three questions to to finish us up here. Um, kind of rapid fire. Um, number one, what piece of advice would you give yourself on your first day working in sales? I would say don't reinvent the wheel. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Find the top performers, understand what they do, copy them. You don't have to do this by yourself. Um, and if you're at a company where there's, maybe you're the only SDR, reach out to other people. Be Don't go into it alone trying to feel like you have to figure everything out yourself. There are so many other SDRs out there that are struggling with these types of things, but there's also so many other SDRs out there that are that have figured it out that are being successful, that understand what works, what doesn't work, that type of stuff. Um, so find those people and network with them, ask them questions and, and copy them. Ultimately, that's what it comes like down it. to. Great. Um, number two, if you weren't in sales, what else would you be doing? So I've, I've, 
I think about this a lot because I think everybody in sales has this like, oh, you know, like what, what else is out there? Yeah. Like uh, if I wasn't doing this, um, I, I, I like writing a lot. So I've, I've learned to like it. I never thought I would be someone who would enjoy that in school. I hated it. It was something I, I never wanted to show anybody my writing, anything like that. Here I am writing a newsletter now. Um, so probably some type of writing. I'm really big into like the music space. So probably like music writing. I don't know exactly what specifically, but probably in that space. All right, cool. I like it. Um, and then finally, what are you watching, reading and or listening to right now? You can give me a boring work answer. You can give me a fun <laughs> a non-work answer. Doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever you're watching, listening to, or, or reading. Well, I'm listening to my Spotify rap right now. Oh, I love. Yeah. I'm one of those people. That I love to see what everybody else is listening to. I know some people hate that. I love it. I love when people post it. I find a lot of good music that way yeah. too. I'll send you mine uh, after this. It's a, oh, please it's do. A, yeah, interesting, it's an interesting mix. What's number one? What's uh? What's your number one artist of the year? My number one artist is actually uh, a band from Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, called Motherfolk. Okay. Uh, they're like indie alternative type of stuff. Uh, great. great band. So great. Mine's a uh, a band called I don't know where they're from. Called uh, Hot Mulligan. It's some like oh yeah modern pop punk. Love it. It's yeah. Oh, that's great. Love that. Um, um, what else? Any, anything yeah. else that's, that's top of mind? Yeah. So that's like my non-work stuff, obviously. And then um, obviously the, the 30 Minutes to Presidents Club podcast, fantastic, super actionable. I love tactics. I love actionable tactics. I am not a big, big fan of the theory type stuff. Uh, so that's a fantastic podcast. If you guys haven't uh, ever listened to that, definitely should. Um, and then I just read uh, Atomic Habits. I hadn't read that in a in, um, I hadn't read that before. So that was a good book. Um, so I haven't read that either, but a bunch of people internally, we have a book club and they, they just read yeah. it. So I'll have to, yeah. uh, I'll have to check that out for sure. Awesome. Well, so um, I have a, a, a plug here that I'd love to, to do, which is quota paths compensation hub. So uh, I can pull up my screen real quick. It's a, and Jimmy, I don't know if I, I even showed this to you, but it's a tool that allows you to build customized design compensation plans. And we recently launched our SDR side of it, where you can plug in a bunch of data about your business and about what you're hoping to accomplish. And it recommends a comp plan for you. And so for, for BDRs or SDRs, you plug in OTE, you plug in your base and variable, how much revenue you want to generate. And then there's there's a, a sales funnel on the right-hand side here. And it gives recommendations on you know, the number of demos you need to complete, the number of qualified ops, closed one deals, and revenue. And it takes the most common structures of compensation plans. And then it actually allows you to um, calculate exactly what the, the earnings rules would be. So if we wanted to calculate you know, how much for $700,000, um, given these funnel metrics, how much I would get paid per deal, or if my qualified to close rate is 33%, how that changes everything. So really, really cool tool. You can click customizing quota path, create a free quota path account and begin calculating your commission automatically. So that is at comp.quotapath.com. It's also, uh, if you click into pro on, on quotapath.com, you can go to compensation hub here. So Jimmy, what else? The, uh, the sdrnewsletter.com, anything else you want to plug? Uh, well, just the strnewsletter.com. I think yeah. that is sign up for the str newsletter. I love super actionable tips. I love providing examples. I love uh, cold call recordings, all of that type of stuff. Um, all the things I wanted when I was in SDR uh, to see is in the str newsletter. So it comes out once a week. It's totally free. Um, 
Yeah, this week was uh, about some objection handling stuff, right? It was about like uh, what to do if somebody says, hey, well, let's revisit this in Q1 or, um, you know, I'm, I'm busy right now or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So we had a, you know, a couple of objection handling things, a couple of cold email examples in there. Uh, each week we share a creative tactic, creative tactics of the week um, to keep things a little bit interesting. So um, if anybody out there, like you guys missed it this past week, I'm happy to send it to you. Um, Feel free to just DM me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Jimmy, thank you very much for your time. And uh, everybody subscribe to the SDR newsletter and check out Compensation Hub at comp.quarterpath.com.